Section twenty one of National Geographic Magazine, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Cartography and Observations of Bering's First Voyage by General A. W. Greeley, Part One. Presented before the Society, March twentieth, eighteen ninety one. It was with no ordinary pleasure that the members of the National Geographic Society listened to the critical review and admirable essay on Bering's first expedition, 1725 to 1730, read before this society, together with a translation of Bering's report on the expedition in question by one of our learned and distinguished members, Professor William H. Dow. The subject then under consideration is one of great interest and this society owes a debt of gratitude to Professor Dahl for his assiduous labor in collating and translating the available data on this voyage, and must endorse the general conclusions reached in a critical essay which is the result of careful conscientious research conjoined to much erudition. It is especially fortunate in view of the vagueness of Bering's report that it should have been translated and reviewed by a traveller and investigator so thoroughly familiar with the topography of Bering Strait and the adjacent region. It may appear somewhat presumptuous for the present writer to further dwell on some points of subordinate importance, even with the view of supplementing the investigations of Professor Dahl, but he is encouraged to the effort by the admirable spirit in which that gentleman works, which is so clearly indicated in his own words, quote, I am well aware this paper cannot be regarded as a finality, but as a contribution to the geographical history of North America, it will not be without its value, unquote. This spirit encourages everyone to contribute his might to elucidate the history of this interesting and ill-known period. The supplementary remarks now presented mainly relate to two points. First, the cartographic reproduction of Bering's discoveries. Second, the alleged observations of lunar eclipses in Kamchatka by Bering and his lieutenants in 1728-29. to In attempting to add to Professor Dahl's essay or to elucidate some points, it is but natural to felicitate one's self that chance has put in one's way rare data in the shape of text and map. Nevertheless, much difficulty has been experienced in efforts to consult publications and charts bearing on this subject as supplementary to the data in the writer's own library. Fortunately, among his personal books and maps are the following, which have escaped the critical, if not casual, observation of Professor Dahl. 1. The original Hague edition of Per Duhald, which Dahl was unable to consult. It is entitled Description géographique, historique, chronologique, politique et physique de l'Empire et de la Tartarie chinoise, etc. Four volumes, quarto, à la haie, Two, de Lille's scattered essays, entitled Mémoires pour servir à l'histoire et au progrès de l'astronomie, de la géographie, et de la physique, etc., etc., à Saint-Pétersbourg, de l'imprimerie de l'Académie des sciences, 1738. 3. Atlas russian, contenant une carte générale 
et dix-neuf cartes particulières de tout l'Empire de Russie et des pays limitrophes construites conformément aux règles de la géographie et aux dernières observations par l'Académie impériale des sciences de Saint-Pétersbourg, Saint-Pétersbourg, 1745. This was the first atlas published in Russia in the map department established by order of Peter the Great in the Academy of Sciences of St. Petersburg. It includes a general map of the Russian Empire and 19 maps of provinces. 4. Carte de la Sibérie et des pays voisins pour servir à histoire générale des voyages par les Espelines, ingénieur de la marine. Two parts, undated, but to which E. Dufos of Paris assigns the date of 1749. The atlas for this work was originally published by Abbe Prevost at Paris, 1747, at Sic, the charts being engraved by Bellin. This chart appears on casual inspection to be more accurate than either that of Danville or of De Lille or of the Russian atlas. 5. The very interesting and valuable map of J. N. De Lille, Paris, 1752, without, however, the accompanying memoir. I do not think the original map has ever fallen under the notice of Professor Dahl, although a garbled reproduction of it is mentioned in his review as follows, quote, a chart which deserves notice, though almost wholly fictitious, being chiefly devoted to the spurious discoveries of the alleged Admiral de Fond, was issued by J. N. de Lille with the concurrence of M. P. Bosch, or at his suggestion. It appeared at Paris in 1752, and was copied for Geoffrey's second edition of Voyages from Asia to America in 1764. I do not know if this copy appeared in the first edition, but presume it did. Unquote. As the original of de Lille's chart, 1752, is here exhibited tonight, it is evident that Geoffrey was careless and that the map, which I infer Dahl has never seen, is really more valuable than is set forth in his address. Otherwise, so critical an observer as Dahl would not have said, quote, I suspect this, referring to Danville's map of 1753 with Bering Island thereon, is the first publication of a cartographic kind on which Bering Island is laid down as the map of the Imperial Academy of Sciences embodying the geographical results of Bering's voyage to the coast of America was not engraved until a year later, while de Lille's of 1752 does not contain them, unquote. You will see that this is an error, for the Ile de Bering is plainly inscribed on the map. This map has been reproduced by photolithography and forms the accompanying plate 21. Dahl further describes the copy of this map in the following terms. Quote, Connected with America and north of the Chukchi Peninsula is land with an island off it corresponding not badly to Wrangell and Herald Islands and marked discovered in 1722. It is possible that this land is a hypothetical compound of the land reported by the Chukchis east of the strait, with that which they knew to be visible in clear weather from Cape Yakan, more or less confused accounts of which had long been current among persons interested in these regions. Unquote. The legend on the original chart indicates that Dahl's surmise is correct, for the copy is not only abbreviated, but is in error as to date.
On the original it runs Grand air découvert en 1723 au Saint-Fuit le Tsutsi lorsqu'ils sont poursuivis par les Russes que ne les ont pas encore soumis. There is another important legend on a very large imaginary island about five degrees of longitude to the east of Bering Island. On the northern side of this land the text runs thus Terre dont le capitaine Bering sa en descendis dans son premier voyage en 1728. On the northern edge is the legend Corte vue par Monsieur Tchirikov et de Lille en septembre 1741. Immediately south of the land are two route tracks with these legends. Route du Kamchatka à l'Amérique par le capitaine Tchirikov et Monsieur de Lille de la Croyère en juin et juillet 1741. Retour de l'Amérique au Kamchatka en août et septembre 1741. The latter route track touches an indentation in the southwestern coast as though the vessel had entered the bay which has five mountains in the background. The legend Terre-vous par les Russes en 1741 où le capitaine Chirikov perdit sa chaloupe armée de dix hommes is likewise of interest as controverting the statement that de lille's chart of 1752 does not contain the geographical results of bering's voyage to the coast of america it embodies a large part but not all of the discoveries six Boisch's memoir and maps entitled considerations géographiques et physiques sur les nouvelles découvertes au nord de la grande mer appelée vulgarement la mer du sud avec des cartes qui y sont relatives, par Philippe Boache, premier géographe, etc. À Paris, 1753, quarto, 158 pages. With my copy, there is a separate pamphlet consisting of 13 maps, folio, with a preface and index, quarto. The preface, quarto, two leaves unpaged, is entitled Exposé de découvertes au nord de la Grande Mer, etc., etc., présenté au roi le 2 septembre 1753 par Philippe Boache, etc. The index, quarto, four pages, runs. Liste de cartes concernant les nouvelles découvertes au nord de la Grande Mer, etc., par Philippe Boache, etc., janvier. 1755. These thirteen maps are very interesting. The first and second charts bear particularly on the subject of this paper. The first is entitled Carte de Nouvelle Découverte entre la partie Orient de l'Asie et le Site de l'Amérique avec des vues sur la Grande Terre connue par les Russes en 1741, etc., etc. Dressé par Philippe Boache, présenté à l'Académie des sciences le 9 août 1742 et approuvé dans son assemblée du 6 septembre suivant. This map, somewhat fuller in details than that of Delisle, shows découverte des Russes depuis 20 ans, 
there are root tracks of the first expedition marked Route de Rousse au nord-est et au nord en 1728 et 1731 and Retour en 1731. Two root tracks of the later voyage have the legends Route de Kamchatka à l'Amérique en 1741, Retour de Rousse au Kamchatka. Other legends are as follows. Il Bering, de Trois du Nord, Bering Strait. Théa découverte en 1723 par les Russes, où il donne les Avril à Parle, large land near Wrangell Island. Terre reconnue par les Russes, American coast in latitude 56 degrees north. Côte vue par les Russes en 1741. Portu les Russes ont à bord, fictitious and extensive land east of Bering Island, on which are also the following Puchuchotske Salon Stralenberg and Terre habitée ou presqu'île que je suppose joindrai les couvertés des Russes avec celle de l'âme des fonds. The second map, carte découverte de la malle des fonds avec les terres vues et reconnues par les Russes par Philippe Boache, has other pertinent and interesting legends. In Bering Strait appears Bering a trouvé au nord et à l'est de ces parages que la mer y étoit libre. And immediately eastward on the American coast, below the parallel of the Arctic Circle, terre découverte en 1731. Et où les Russes ont rencontré un homme qui s'est dit habitant d'un grand continent. On the American coast, from 55 degrees to 57 degrees north latitude. Terre découverte en juillet 1741. Et où les Russes ont laissé dix hommes qu'ils n'ont pas rejoindre. Over terre habitée, a large land, just east of Bering Island. Le capitaine Bering a trouvé dans ces parages de cinquante à soixante degrés des indices d'une côte et d'une grande revue il a en voie quelques hommes qui ne sont revenus. It is evident that those maps must have been actually published as early as September the second, seventeen fifty three, the date on which was presented the Exposé de découverte, etc., au roi. But the charge gave no further indication than the legend publié sous le privilège de l'Académie royale des sciences du 6 septembre 1752 à Paris. The actual date of issue may or may not have been earlier than the map of Delisle of September the 9th, 1752. 7. Possibly most important of all, a letter of an officer of the Russian Navy. This appeared first in Russian, presumably printed at St. Petersburg in 1752 or 1753. The original Russian I have not seen. It was translated, however, into French and printed at Berlin, not dated, in 1753, under the following title. Lettre d'un officier de la marine russienne à un signor de la cour concernant la carte de nouvelle découverte au nord de la mer du sud et les mémoires qui y cette explication. Publié par M. Delisle à Paris à 1752. Traduit de l'original russe à Berlin, chez Odette Sperret, 
libraire de la Cour et de l'Académie royale, 1753. This edition forms part of my library and is the only copy which I know of in the United States. It is not to be found in the Library of Congress, the Astor Library, the Boston Athenaeum, or the Boston Public Library. It is not even in the Royal Library of St. Petersburg, but, as might be anticipated, is in the British Museum. I find it nowhere catalogued in any bibliography of Arctic or subarctic works. The French edition was inserted with some changes, it is believed, in the 18th volume of the Nouvelle Bibliothèque Germanique. 8. A letter from a Russian sea officer to a person of distinction at the court of St. Petersburg, containing remarks on Mr. de Lille's chart and memoir relative to the new discoveries north and east from Kamchatka, together with some observations on that letter by Arthur Dobbs, governor of East Carolina, to which is added Mr. de Lille's explanatory memoir on his chart. Octavo, 85 pages, London, 1754. The Arthur Dobbs, who published this edition, and who possibly was a translator thereof, is well known as the energetic promoter of the discovery of the Northwest Passage, and was personally interested in discovery voyages to Hudson Bay. The explanatory memoir of the Lille chart is a translation of the memoir previously mentioned as belonging to the map of 1752, which memoir I have not been able to consult in the original French. It may be added that Dobbs' reproduction of the letter from a Russian naval officer is not accurate, the translation in places being so carelessly or indifferently made that the text cannot be relied on for critical purposes. This English translation is to be found neither in the Library of Congress, the Boston Public Library, the Boston Athenaeum, nor in the Library of the American Geographic Society. It is, however, in the Astor Library, and a second copy at one time belonged to the library of Mr. J. C. Brevoort. 9. Map Monde, Carte Universelle de la Terre, par J. B. Nolin, Géographe. 1755. 20 and a quarter to 27 inches. On this appear the legends Ile de Bering, Detroit de Nord, Terre découverte par les Russes en 1741. Terre vue en 1741. It is quite possible that this is the first map of the world on which Bering Island was charted. 10. John Christopher Adelung's very interesting history of sea voyages for the discovery of a northeast passage, which was published in quarto form under the following title, Geschichte der Schifffahrten und Versuche, welche zur Entdeckung des nordöstlichen Weges nach Japan und China von verschiedenen Nationen unternommen worden zum Behufe der Erdbeschreibung und Naturgeschichte dieser Gegängen entworfen von Johann Christoph Adelung, herzoglich sachsichen Rathalle bei Johann Justinus Gebauer, 1768. 11. Notice de Ouvrage de Monsieur Danville, Octavo, Paris, 1802, 120 pages by Barbic du Bocage. In addition to these and other works from my own collection, I have consulted at the Library of the United States Naval Observatory in this city. Histoire de l'Académie Royale de Sciences, année 1750, Paris, 1754, and the same, année 1754, 
Paris, 1757, which contain articles on Delisle's manuscript maps of 1731 and 1752, the latter being substantially identical with the published map of 1752. From Dahl's review, we learn that Lauridsen is responsible for the statement that the discoveries of Bering in his first voyage were shown on a chart made at Moscow in 1731, but no authority is given as to the cartographer. Later I shall adduce evidence to confirm Dahl's opinion that the Moscow map was merely a copy, such as were distributed to personages of importance or to those connected with the expedition. It is further susceptible of, as I think tolerably satisfactory proof, that the outlines of Kamchatka, with fairly correct meridians of longitude, were made public in a chart by de Lille, not in 1731, but the year following, 1732, and it is likely that the lost map of that year was substantially reproduced in the chart of 1752, which I have the pleasure of now presenting for your examination. De Lille presented this map to the Academy of Sciences of Paris on April the 8th, 1750. The circumstances connected with the presentation have been drawn from the official records of the Royal Academy of Sciences and are as follows. Cette année, 1750, Monsieur de Lille lut à l'Assemblée publique de l'Académie un mémoire sur les nouvelles découvertes au nord de la mer du Sud, et présenta en même temps une carte que M. Boache a redressé sur ses mémoires et qui représentera ses découvertes avec toute la partie du globe terrestre à laquelle elle appartient. Ses ouvrages alors manuscrits furent depuis publiés en 1752. M. Boache présenta dans cette même année la première partie de ses considérations géographiques sur les membres sous avec les cartes qui y étaient relatives. Muni de ses premières connaissances, referring to the discoveries of 1729-1739, M. de Lille traça une carte qui représente l'extrémité orientale de l'Asie avec la partie opposée de l'Amérique septentrionale qui y répond, afin de faire voir essaiement ce qui resta à découvrir et il dressa une mémoire dans laquelle il exposa de la manière qu'il jugea la plus avantageuse pour faire ses découvertes. Mais les vaisseaux russes qui avaient été envoyés pour les découvertes dont nous venons de parler, 1731-1741, n'étant pas encore revenus lorsqu'elle lui fut envoyée il extrémit l'examen après son détour en France, qui étoit assez prochain. À son arrivée, il communiqua ses vues et cette relation à M. Boache, celui-ci qu'il parla, etc., etc. Cette mémoire, de Lille, 1750, étoit accompagnée d'une carte qui étoit comme l'esquisse du système géographique de M. de Lille sur cette partie. It has been pointed out by several authorities that some of M. de Lille's statements in his memoir of 1752 are to be received with caution, 
especially his elaborate endeavours to impress the paris academy with the belief that the discoveries of bering subsequent to the first voyage were the result of his de lille's own carefully considered instructions in this connection adelung says quote, de lille in his explication de la carte de nouvelles découvertes au nord seventeen fifty two traces out his proposed route quite differently referring to de lille's previous statements in his report to st petersburg academy in seventeen thirty two somewhat as if it had been outlined in view of accomplished facts unquote. it behooves us then to inquire carefully into the authenticity of the alleged map of de lille of seventeen thirty one since if he antedated his opinions as to the route he might also have antedated his map fortunately we do not have to depend only on de lille's own statement either in seventeen fifty before the academy of sciences at paris or as published in seventeen thirty eight at st petersburg and printed at the printing office of the royal academy for we also have extraneous and convincing evidence even from sources critically hostile to the french astronomer m de lille in his memoirs sur les nouvelles découvertes au nord de la mer du sud paris seventeen fifty two says quote, after i had nearly twenty years ago got these first informations of the longitude of kamchatka by means of captain bering's map and journal i made use of them in constructing the map representing the eastern extremity of asia with the opposite coast of north america in order to show at once what still remains for discovery between two large parts of the world this map i had the honour of presenting to the empress anne and the senate in order to animate the russians to undertake these discoveries and it took effect these princes ordering a second voyage to be made according to the plan which i had drawn up for it two maps he adds were presented to the academy in paris quote, one being a copy of the map which i had drawn at st petersburg seventeen thirty one on captain bering's first voyage and had the honour of presenting to the empress anne and the senate with a manuscript memoir explaining its use and construction Unquote. the other map from which the lithograph before you was lately reproduced was according to de lille only changed by adding the later discoveries of bering and his lieutenants de lille further says of this chart quote, the second manuscript map which i laid before the academy at paris was in all respects like the former only with the advantages of the new discoveries made since seventeen thirty one unquote. philippe Boache, the french geographer made for de lille a reduced copy of the second chart and it is supposed that the map before you is a substantial reproduction of that copy in the preface to de lille's scattered essays seventeen thirty eight st petersburg page two we find quote, i an comparé la situation du kamchatka et des pays voisins avec celle de la chine du royaume de corée du japon et de la terre de yeko qui me soit connu de lors je me suis fait un système et j'ai dressé l'indice trente-une une carte de cette extrémité orientale de l'asie j'ai marqué aussi sur cette carte les dernières terres connues de l'amérique les plus voisins de cette partie septentrionale de l'asie afin de faire voir ce qui restera encore d'inconnus entre deux on trouvera dans ces recueils une réduction de cette carte avec les mémoires qui j'ai dressé dans cet thème là lu à l'académie 
dans lesquelles je rends raison de la construction de cette carte. Unquote. Only one volume of De Lille's essays appeared, so that the map and memoir promised in the introduction were never, so far as can be learned, published in their original form. The statements made by De Lille, however, unless definitely refuted, should be given full credit, seeing that the work was published by the Academy of Sciences at St. Petersburg, to which the map and memoir were presented, as is claimed, only seven years earlier. A doubt does, however, exist as to the date of the map made by De Lille. On this point, Adelung, in his History of Northeastern Voyages, Hall, 1768, page 569, evidently quoting from Muller, says, quote, On the 17th of April, 1732, the order was, therefore, sent from the Privy Cabinet to the Senate, which thereupon inquired of the Academy of Sciences of St. Petersburg what and how much had as yet been found out about Kamchatka, the surrounding countries and waters. The Academy confided the making of the report to Mr. De Lille, who prepared a chart upon which Kamchatka, Jesso, according to the description of the crew upon the Castricom, the Staten Island, Company Island, and the coast of Gama, were designated. This chart was supplemented by a memoir in which he described the discoveries already made and suggested various routes for making new ones. He expressed himself in regard to those routes in the following manner. If one have attained the northern boundary of Asia, and at the same time the eastern limits as far as Captain Bering went on his first voyage, one cannot fail to arrive in America, and might even choose the route, either northeast or southeast, whichever he prefers, as he would have, at most, only six hundred miles to pass over. Two, or without venturing so far, it would perhaps be better and more comfortable to sail from the east coast of Kamchatka, go directly east, to look for the neighboring country which Bering found traces of in his first voyage. 3. Finally, he thought that if they should sail northeast from Kamchatka, they would perhaps more speedily and more certainly discover the country seen by Juan de Gama. Unquote. Can the inconsistency between the dates as given by Müller and Adelung on the one hand and by Delille on the other be reconciled, or is it apparent rather than real? As bearing, according to the Russian marine officer, Waxel, written to St. Petersburg, on March the 1st, 1730, it is reasonable to suppose that de Lille, whose duties were those of a cartographer, had finished within the next year and a half his reproduction of Bering's working chart. The fact that the order of inquiry about the results of the voyage did not leave the Privy Council until April the 17th, 1732, does not necessarily indicate that the map at least, if not the memoir, was not already prepared, even if not in possession of the Academy of Sciences. It appears probable that the map may have been drawn by de Lille in 1731, but it is quite certain that it was not made public until 1732. Lauridsen speaks of a map in Moscow in 1731, and, as it is evident from Lotter Dune, that there was no difficulty in persons of influence procuring copies from the Senate, it is likely that the Moscow chart was a copy of the map of de Lille, and that the date of 1731 is correct, but this theory must rest on Lauridsen producing evidence 
that such a map existed in moscow in 1731 the russian officer speaks with authority as to the map of 1732 commenting on de lille's account of the circumstances under which he compiled the map of 1732 he continues as follows quote, the empress anne having directed her senate to give instructions to mr bering for the second voyage that body believed that it could not act with success unless it obtained from the academy the fullest information relative to the situation of the lands and seas to be traversed therefore the academy was so ordered by the senate which enjoined on m de lille the construction of the map of which i speak and for a clearer understanding the explanatory memoir which being done both map and memoir were presented to the academy by the senate consequently there is no reason to doubt that far from exciting the russians to new discoveries far from being the cause of bering's second voyage m de lille only worked under specific orders it is quite another question whether or not the memoir contributed to the success of the expedition which i will discuss later however that may be the senate gave a copy of it as well as of the map to mr bering i took a second copy of the memoir which enabled me to compare it with what m de lille has now said to us of it in his later memoir of paris Unquote. these and other statements confirm those of de lille as to the date of the map in which year d'anville engraved it seventeen thirty two or seventeen thirty one at the earliest and likewise indicate that copies of both map and memoir were obtainable without great difficulty an interesting note as to the authenticity and origin of the chart of d'anville seventeen thirty seven appears in the narrative of adelung who speaks with a certain air of authority he says quote, these bearing maps were after the captain's return sent from russia to the king of poland who presented them to mr duhald or rather to mr d'anville who made the charts for his work duhald is therefore very correctly informed when he in the memoir de travaux seven hundred thirty seven pages two thousand three hundred eighty nine francs considers these charts questionable and imagines that they were merely made by d'anville from bering's journal Unquote. but further evidence from an unquestionable source is available as to date the charts in duhalt's china were engraved between the years seventeen twenty nine and seventeen thirty four and all but the general maps were completed prior to seventeen thirty three the date seventeen thirty two is assigned by d'anville's colleague to the map of bering's journey of these maps it is further said quote, they form what is commonly known as d'anville's atlas of china nevertheless this geographer did not participate equally in the production of all the detailed maps of which the bearing map is one were furnished by the jesuits and he only supervised the engraving but the general charts were entirely the work of d'anville who reconstructed and amplified them from all possible sources they were reproduced at hague under the title new atlas of china etc by m d'anville these statements of d'anville's colleague m barbic du bocage are thus verified by duhald page sixty nine pour le général nous y avons pas touché et celle du voyage du capitaine bering's parois sans le moindre changement Unquote in the russian atlas seventeen forty five the explanatory text regarding map nineteen whereon appears the extreme northeastern coast of siberia and the greater part of kamchatka 
runs as follows quote, we have determined the location of these provinces in part by astronomical observations which have been made there and in part upon certain geographical and hydrographic maps which have been transmitted to us Unquote. so far as kamchatka and the bering strait regions go it is reasonable to believe that this chart since it was published by the royal academy of sciences is substantially a reproduction of the map transmitted to the academy by de lille in seventeen thirty two especially as this geographer was employed for about thirteen years in amassing data for the atlas in question the writer has very carefully compared the chart of kamchatka and adjoining regions as published in d'anville's atlas of seventeen thirty six in the russian atlas of seventeen forty five and in the de lille chart of seventeen fifty two from comparisons he is led to believe that these maps have substantially the same basis that is the chart prepared by de lille in seventeen thirty two for the academy of sciences st petersburg in this connection the criticism of the russian officer is significant he says quote, i will now finish with a general observation about the part of siberia that we see on m de lille's chart seventeen fifty two it is simply a copy of the russian atlas seventeen forty five without even corrections of the errors of drawing and writing which have crept into the work unquote. elsewhere he adds quote, we can correct the error of m de lille who places bering island at fifty four degrees only a short distance from avacha whereas it is on the fifty sixth parallel sixty miles off avacha and forty dutch miles from the mouth of the kamchatka river unquote. it is worthy of note that on bellin's map of seventeen forty nine bering island is crossed by the fifty sixth parallel of latitude and that along the southern edge of the arctic ocean is a route track marked voyage fait par mer en deux par trois vaisseaux russiens dont une est parvenue à la kamchatka on de lille's chart of seventeen fifty two also appears the route of sixteen forty eight but bering island is in latitude fifty four degrees as to the position of bering isle the truth as the wise man tells us is of the case abides between the two as the fifty-fifth parallel intersects the land in question at cape shalakskoi danville seventeen thirty seven the russian atlas of seventeen forty five and the de lille of seventeen fifty two agree in charting four islands northeast of the cape instead of two islands to the west this indicates a common origin to the charts and where else can it be ascribed than to the de lille map of seventeen thirty two the russian officer however gives a clue as to the date when work on the map was commenced he says quote, at that time i visited m de lille i was a witness of his geographical labours as far as they had new discoveries for their object i acted as interpreter to mr baring in the conversations which he had with him and i can assert positively that when m de lille began that chart the second expedition was already ordered and captain baring knowing what was still wanting to his discoveries offered to continue them and his lieutenants with him and they received promotion in consequence loritzen says quote, on january the fifth seventeen thirty two the senate gave him leave of absence to go to st petersburg almost simultaneously he was promoted in regular succession to the position of captain commander in the russian fleet the next position below that of rear admiral Unquote. 
this indicates that the expedition was decided on at least as early as january the fifth seventeen thirty two possibly earlier fortunately we are not left to inference for elsewhere the russian officer says quote, mr de lille throws discredit on our discoveries by leaving on his chart the fictitious land of gamma which in order to avoid conflicting with our accounts he places in seventeen fifty two a little more to the west and south than he did on his chart of seventeen thirty two this definitely fixes the year in which de lille presented the map to the senate we learn however from lauridsen that quote, as early as april seventeenth seventeen thirty two the empress ordered the bering's proposition should be executed and charged the senate to take the necessary steps for that purpose on may the second it i e the senate promulgated two u cases in which it declared the objects of the expedition and sought to indicate the necessary means unquote. it is very improbable that in the case of so dilatory a man as de lille this chart could have been elaborated and drawn the memoir written a report made by the academy to the senate and action be taken in the fifteen days which elapsed between the order for the chart and bering's instructions it is possible that the chart was drawn at the end of seventeen thirty one and that de lille for obvious reasons gave it the earliest possible date in giving an account of bering's provisions as dahl says every historian has followed a mutilated if not garbled paragraph from bering's original report the excerpts from Brooks' translation of Du Halde, which was followed in Campbell's edition of Harris's Voyages, are as follows. Quote, the provisions consisted of carrots for want of corn, grain or wheat, the fat of fish, uncured, served instead of butter, and salt fish, supplied the place of all other meats. Fish oil was his butter, and dried fish his beef and pork. Salt he was obliged to get from the sea he distilled spirits from sweet straw unquote. it appears from bering's own journal as well as from duhald's account that in seventeen twenty seven bering ordered one of his officers to endeavour to deliver to the command at kamchatka some part of the provisions iron and tar bering himself said that he was obliged to use tar made from the native spruce quote, since the tar which we should have brought with us had not arrived unquote this is confirmed by the additional note in duhald which says that the provisions iron pitch and tar did not arrive till seventeen twenty eight conveying the inference that it came too late to be of service bering appears to have had on july the third seventeen twenty seven two thousand three hundred poods of flour equal to about eight thousand three hundred pounds which would be less than a year's supply for his entire party i cannot agree with dahl that bering had plenty of flour or meal and meat i have said from bering's own report because it seems incredible that duhald did not have a transcript of bering's report since his narrative duhald follows almost word for word dahl's translation it is not surprising that different transcripts should differ slightly on unimportant matters however this may be it is evident that brooke's translation of duhald's is careless for instance in brooke's translation edition london seventeen thirty six of duhald on page four hundred and thirty the number of bering's party should be thirty three instead of thirty and in page four hundred and forty where the voyage from orchardsk to tatutsky is given as from july twenty third to october the second the first named date should be july twenty ninth dahl doubts that carrots were of bering's provisions brooke omits the italicized words of duhald's narrative 
page 567, La Haye, 1736. Les provisions consistant en carottes et en racines. As indicated by contexts, the roots were radishes and turnips. The word carrots is explained by a passage in Grieve's Kamshatka as follows. Quote, the Markovi Pushki, or carrot bunches, are so-called because they are like carrots in their leaf as well as in taste. They likewise eat this green in the spring, but they oftener sour it like sauerkraut or make a liquor with it. Unquote. Doubtless, Bering took these carrot bunches with him. End of section 21